It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey everyone, welcome to the next episode of The Table. Uh, my name is Jason Squires. I'm the host of this podcast. Uh, today I'm excited. I get to hang out with my friends in the mentor chat. Uh, we get to have uh, these monthly chats where we get to talk about life and ministry. And what a lot of you guys don't hear from us is we, prior to logging on and, pr- and pressing the record button, we always laugh and joke and hang out and do and do stuff together. And and then we get serious when we hit record, right, guys? Is it real serious? serious. It's a very yeah, serious absolutely. conversation. <laughs> let's go <laughs> around. Joy. And, let's go around and introduce everybody. Hey, Tim, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, my name is Tim Tibbles. I am the creative arts minister at a uh, church called First Church near Tulsa, Oklahoma, a little town called Owasso. I say it's little; it's really not that small, but nobody's ever heard of it. But uh, but I've uh, been doing this um, for for a while, and uh, really enjoy the opportunity to be here. I love it. Love it. What about what about you, Grant? Yeah, hello everybody. My name is Grant Norsworthy. Uh, I'm beaming into this podcast, which is being hosted in the United States from New Zealand. Uh, I head up a thing called More Than Music Mentor, uh, which is providing online and on-site training for the heart and the art of worshipping musicians. Does anyone want to give the American translation of heart and art? Heart. Heart and art. <laughs> heart and the American heart. Yeah. Grant's just here to make us look cool. That's exactly right. Is that right? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> what about you, Joe? I'm Joe Hornis. I was the worship director at a church in Chicago for many, many years. Come on, Joe, name it. Name that church. <laughs> I named that church, Willow Creek Community Church in Chicago. <laughs> that little uh, that little church on the corner. Willow Church. Willow Creek. Um, serving with incredible, wonderful people there for a long, long time. And these days I'm doing online consulting with the Joe Hornis Worship Collective and trying to help worship ministries get deeper and better and do a better job of what we do. So glad to be a part of this. It's good. So much, so much goodness in this, in this conversation. I'm excited for what, uh, what we're going to talk about today. Uh, As you guys know, I'm a lover of creativity. I'm a lover of creatives. And these last couple months, we've really been talking about, uh, talking about the, talking about creatives, talking about creativity, talking about taking care of yourself. Uh, And this month we're talking about uh, we're talking about maintaining creativity in your ministry and your life as yourself. Um, earlier this month, we've, t- we talked about production and set design and songwriting. And, but today I want to talk about, uh, you as a leader influencing those around you, uh, in, in the, in the world of creativity. Now it's, it's really easy to get stuck in a rut and not explore new ideas. It's really easy to kind of just kind of get into the routine of ministry and like a four song set. You know, I, 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 we can write those in our sleep. Um, and what are some ways you have found to maintain your creative side? So how do you as a leader um, maintain uh, the constant drive to creativity and the constant drive to maybe innovation or um, exploring, exploring new ideas and how to, and how to uh, better yourself that way? I can break the ice here. I think, yeah, do uh, it. I think for me, we, um, 
creativity is always seeing things from a different perspective. You know, and I think a couple, couple things here, everybody's creative. We can have that conversation at another time. Everybody's creative in the thing that God has given, gifted them to do. You know, Romans 12 talks about each one of us having uh, a different function, but within that function, I think everybody has the opportunity to be able to, to, to grow in their ability and to look at their ability from a different perspective. So for me, a lot of times it's just getting out of the office and uh, giving myself a different perspective of what's happening. Um, things like this are, are huge for me, meeting with yeah. other worship leaders and other uh, church leaders and say, how do you do this? This is this is how I build my PCO sets, you know, or this is how I build my worship teams, or this is how I think about my worship set and getting feedback and um, finding people that will give me or environments that will give me a different perspective to see things from a different angle. And usually when that happens, it opens up uh, my thought process like, oh, well, we could do this or we could do that. So I think perspective is huge in, in, in getting yourself out of that, uh, of that uh, monotony, if you will, uh, into a place where you can really see something from a different angle. I love it. How do you do that? How do you, where do you, do you, do you go somewhere? Do you get out of the office? Yeah. Do you, What's crazy, we talked about this before we logged on this morning. I mean, sometimes just getting into a coffee shop, into a different environment, you know, uh, I will get a week's worth of stuff done in five hours just by going somewhere that's not my office, you know, Um, and sitting in a, you know, there's a lot of local coffee shops around here that I love that just all of them have a different environment. There's one in Tulsa. It's a, it's literally an art, um, an art exhibit as a coffee shop. So they bring in different artists, uh, to come in and install, you know, whatever art they're, they're, they're working on at the time. And so it changes about every six weeks. So I love to go there and just be inspired by what they're hanging on the walls or the different displays they have. Um, sometimes you just got to meet with other people and sitting in other people's office. Um, you know, having conversations like this is pretty much how I get there. That's great. Grant, what about you? Yeah, yeah, um, I, I, uh, yeah, you know, like Tim has just said, you know, I, I believe that God, everyone is creative. God is creator. He is the creator, and we are made in His image, and so we're all creative. But it's true to say that some people are more switched on to be risk takers, to to uh, to make statements in some way or another that um are unexpected or take risks or are, are different to what we're used to um and so for me i find that bumping into other people's creativity inspires my creativity yeah um i think one of the main reasons why i still love to travel so much for my work because i get to meet new creative beings mm-hmm. doing creative things and something's really helped me that i decided to do this a long time ago i think i was in bed I was like 18 or 19 years old. And some of my musical peers would say a statement about music. They'd say, this music sucks. It's bad. You know, it's that they use worse words than that. They categorize a certain music as junk. You know, are you with me? Yeah. And I decided I don't want to do that because I would rather have this in my mind. There's something about that that I'm not resonating with, but other people are. What is it about it that I've missed? So, you know, like I'm thinking about like in a cover band. I used to play in cover bands in Melbourne, Australia, you know, and a new song would be a hit. It's number one on the radio. But our keyboard player says, I'm not playing that song because it is bad music. But my thinking was always, well, what is it about this song that we don't understand? Oh, You know what I mean? Yeah, because absolutely. other people are resonating with it. Why aren't I resonating with it? And that's, a, and that's something I've tried to take throughout my life. If there's some artistic expression that I don't particularly like on first 
viewing, I want to go deeper. What is it about it that I've missed? And that's just been a really healthy way that keeps my creativity inspired. It helps me bump into more, bump into more creativity. Um, you know, and I, I've been going through a thing now where I'll listen back to music that I rejected when I was in high school and in my early 20s that was popular at the time. Yep. And I won't name bands because I'll age myself, you know. But, but saying, and listening again going, actually, now I can hear what I've missed about it. Um, and that's just a really healthy exercise for me. I've always, I've never understood, I've never understood rap. I'm just going to say it out loud. I was, as an art, I'd, I listen to it and go, I just don't get it. I don't get it. But have you ever watched like, like the, you know, the, the tonight show or the late show or, and they do the like rap on command and they just, they're like, there are three words and I need you to work them into a rap go. And you watch the guys do it and you're like, okay, I don't know how you just did that. My mind right. is blown. And I'm trying to, you know, I, I probably wouldn't press like, if I had my choice in the car to turn it on. But as an art form, you look back and go, I, my, you're so talented. <laughs> it's your, exactly. Yeah. And, that, and that's like what you said there was, a, what did you say? Rap? I've never really got it. Yeah. I've never that's really a got really it. Really healthy way. That's, that's a creative person's way to approach art. Yeah. I don't get it. You can even say, I don't like it. Right. But to say it is junk. You know, because I was in a band with a guy who would say that, and it's like you're telling me that the music I like that you don't like. You're saying you're telling me that I like junk, right? You should be saying, "Okay, you get it. I, I, you enjoy it, but I don't." Then we can have a healthy discussion, and uh, that's that's been a real breakthrough. So yeah, there's things about creativity that we can learn from, even if we don't like it. Yep, yep, yep. What about you, Joe? Yeah, well, I love that we're even having this discussion and I hope people are staying tuned into it and don't blow it off like, well, I don't need that because we do. And I love that all of you are are expressing what does it mean to be a student of creativity and to feed that muscle in, in you, whether, whether it's coming up with something fresh because you spend uh time on a regular basis cr creating space where you can be creative i remember uh going to visit when the first time i met tommy walker going into his office and i said how do you write all the hits that you've written you know the churches all over the world are singing and he said my church believes in creativity and they give every tuesday i have no meetings and i spend my whole day on tuesdays writing Awesome. And he said, and most Tuesdays, I write a bunch of junk and I throw it in the wastebasket. And and and, and at the end of the day, uh, I, I don't have anything. But he said, but by the time I've come up with 52 songs through the course of a year, um, he said, by the end of the year, I have a few good ones. And um, but nurturing that kind of creativity uh, in in his heart and in his life and in his teams and and um, uh, and I love that we're having this conversation. You know, a goofy place for me these days on American TV is is The Voice, yep. uh, the show The Voice. But I mean, you can say what which show you like, American Idol or whatever. But you go on The Voice and you watch what those guys do with sets between commercials, you know, and between songs and what happens musically and lighting and set wise. I mean, I, I just love drawing. I, I'll steal any idea I can 
you know, from in in an appropriate way from from folks who are are writing amazing rhythms, amazing chord progressions, doing incredible visual stuff with sets. But I think, um, like you said, feeding that and and drawing on creativity wherever you can find it is is huge. My uh, pre-COVID, my wife and I, one of our getaways living in California, we're we're about mm. five to six hours away from where they record the voice. And we mm-hmm. uh, tickets are free and we would get in the car mm. about three or th- we, 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 we I think we did it like seven or eight times. We'd get in the car mm. and we would drive to the Universal Studios and spend the day at the recordings of the voice and then and then get in the car and drive home. And it like talk about fueling your creativity. But like you mentioned, the set changes in the commercials, watching that happen in real time, you have, they have like 45 mm-hmm. seconds to flip the stage around. And it is amazing how they roll things out and guys drop from the ceiling. They're changing lights in there. And then as five, four, three, and they all disappear and they, the, you know, the wall opens mm-hmm. up in the back, the wall closes. It blew my, it blows my mind. Um, some of the things that I, that you, they can do in. 45 seconds and make it work and you watch it and you yeah you don't see that on when you're watching on tv but yeah i love but it some of those things you can you can borrow those ideas yep. and go, okay but if i have a week and a team of people i can maybe pull off one of those yep. or or you choose you know one thing that would just breathe creativity we actually had a time one time where um my boss at Willow Nancy Beach was just a creative genius and loved artists and loved art and um and really wanted us to stay creative since, as she would say, Sundays roll around with amazing regularity. And our job <laughs> is to get people off of autopilot. Yep. So one of the ways we're going to get people from walking in the door off of autopilot of just going, it's another day at church is we're going to do stuff that's creative and different and looks different and sounds different and feels different. And uh, one time um, we thought we were all, she would take us now and then like to a play downtown Chicago or something and load us all on a little bus and, and we'd go see a little off, uh, you know, off the main street play down there. But one time we went and all of a sudden the bus veers off to O'Hare airport and we get there and all of our spouses are there and with suitcases for us and throws them all uh, all on our little bus and gives it to us and bottom line she flew us all to disney world for a week and um and we spent the whole week going behind scenes behind sets in creative rooms watching how rides are created and picked and and designs were come up with and and but she would do that kind of stuff of just going, I believe that much in if we're going to get people to engage their hearts in worship, if we're going to get people to consider the gospel in fresh ways, we have got to get them off of autopilot and be creative and and thoughtful. And so she would do stuff like that all the time to just try to breathe creative life into our spirits. Go ahead, Grant. Yeah, Grant, what do you think? Yeah, I I mean I, can I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out there, guys. Uh oh. Ca- catch me, please. Uh oh. <laughs> catch this me. Is... But um, we're all mentioning accessing and exposing ourselves to creativity outside mm-hmm. of the Christian church. Um, okay, there's an elephant in the room here for me. Creativity 
by definition, requires risk-taking. Risk-taking, when it's done, could result in mistakes being made. Like mm-hmm. making a mistake, doing it wrong. You know, jazz musicians know this, you know, like... <laughs> In fact, one of the funniest things I've heard from a jazz musician is if I make a mistake during my solo, I'm going to do it two more times (laughs) and people will think it was on purpose, you know? So, so, but here's the thing. Somehow over the last 2,000 years within the Christian church, and I am not making a political statement here. Uh Uh I am not making a political statement, but I'm going to use a word that's sometimes used in politics. Somehow in the Christian church over the last 2,000 years, following the greatest radical that ever walked the face of the earth, Jesus the Christ, the the incarnation of creativity, the, 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 the Jesus that was so radical and so dangerous and took so many what seemed like risks, the religious people had to kill him. Somehow in 2023, Christians have to play it safe. We have to be quote-unquote, conservative in our art, right? But we will never make great creative art if we have to be safe. We have to be able to take risks. So this is what what I mean. Unfortunately, if you are known as a Christian contemporary music artist or if you're known as a worship artist, as we call them, you can't really take artistic risks because too many people in your Christian church audience will write you off. If you slip over a boundary and you make a mistake or you say something a bit edgy, you know, someone writes a song, Reckless Love, and it's like Mm -hmm. half the church cans this song and the writer because he took a risk. Yep. You know, he took a risk. He went, I'm reading this, this story about Jesus being the good shepherd, leaving 99 sheep and going to look after one. That sounds like pretty reckless to me. Not reckless like he doesn't care, but reckless like he's prepared to be doing something dangerous for my sake. Leave 99 sheep that might, you know, so we're just too safe in the church. And it drives me nuts, you know, and I I, I was I was writing a answers for an article. It's an interview article for Worship Musician magazine. And one of the questions was, what are the two worship albums you're listening to right now? And I had to answer, honestly, I do not listen to this music for inspiration. This music makes total sense when I'm leading a congregation to invite them to sing worshipfully yep. to God. That's that's its that's its sweet spot. But it does not inspire me when I listen to those songs. I'm sorry. That musically, creatively, I've got to listen to people who don't call themselves Christians um, to be inspired. Just putting it out there. Okay, catch me, please, guys. <laughs> hey, Grant. All right, moving on. From always... the... No, I'm just getting going. <laughs> Grant, going. you think so? we've got two people I think in this, in this, this podcast that have a history uh, of creativity, not only in the church, but in the Christian music industry. Okay. Um, I'm old enough to remember a couple of eras where I feel like Christian music had that freedom. Um, Do you, can you guys, yeah. Hey, I would say as a child of the eighties, uh, there was a lot of really great things happening in that, you know, in that period as we were stretching and growing, you know, uh, musically, I mean, you go back and listen to some of the original stuff that Michael W. Smith was putting out. Like there was nobody doing anything like that. You know, yeah. um, there seemed to be some freedom for groups like Petra 
um, you know, to be able to kind of stretch and grow in ways that, and now were they thrown out? If, by the way, if you haven't seen the movie Jesus film or Jesus music, you need to go, you need to go watch Jesus music. It's a great, it's a great documentary. Um, but there, there've been eras. And then also, you know, uh, in the early nineties, as the as music industry was kind of growing, you've kind of got all these bands coming up through that. Um, from, I, I'm curious to know from Joe and from Grant, you're like, do you see any areas that you can point back to and say, yeah, there was a lot of creativity happening there. I'd love to see the church in that place again. Hmm. I was going to say, then came Sonic flood, but we won't go there. Go ahead. Right. right. Hey, <laughs> did you notice, did you notice Grant drop the, I want to go deeper line? Just, just yeah, saying. He did. He did. <laughs> I would, I would love I didn't know if that was a subtle hint or if that was real. I, I would love it. It might've been Freudian. I, <laughs> I love it. Joe Grant, you guys have thoughts here? This is great. Well, I think there's creativity in a lot of ways. You know, um, I remember, I think uh, Tommy Walker beginning to put out songs that, uh, with chords that had numbers in them. And we all had to learn to play minor ninths and thirteenths and sharp fives and and things like that. That 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 early in the eighties, you know, Maranatha music and stuff. Man, if you knew three chords and could play them thirty times, you you could play the whole hymn book, you know. But um, you know, so there wasn't a lot musically creative, but. But we were being very creative in the sense of suddenly churches are adding, I mean, I grew up in a church where drums were of the devil and violins were somehow of the devil. And, and you know, and so suddenly we're playing with drums and, and instruments that had never been used. And that was creative. But then coming along and learning and, and growing to play chords that had color or letting a guitar soloist say, it's really not an ego thing to let this guy play his guitar from the depth of his heart to the glory of God mm. uh, and, and to play with everything that he has. I mean, then that was creative. And, and in the, particularly in, in the eighties and in early nineties, when, you know, Christian music changed so much, we, as musicians, we had to grow and learn to play those chords and play mm. different rhythms and think differently. And, and, um, and that was a, a beautiful time. Uh, one quick story is that along that journey, I got to meet Abraham Laboreal, and um, and Abraham became one of my dearest friends. Uh, he is the most recorded bass player in history. And um, one of my favorite moments is I brought him into Willow to play uh, with us for a conference that we were doing. And he walked into the rehearsal and he leans down to me and he said, um, he said, Joe, he said, uh, do you want me to play what's on the chart or may I have freedom? Oh, and here's the greatest bass player in the world asking me. I'm going, you're Abraham Laborio. Of course, <laughs> you, you can play whatever you want. And but the humility and the grace to say, do you want me to play with tear or or do you want me to open up and, and can I have freedom to play? But what I loved and here's my heart for us today as creatives what was cool about Abraham is if his heart would well up with so much worship and so much passion for God, but what was amazing is when, when he would feel it, he had the skill to bring it out his fingers. Mm -hmm. And what was in his heart, could he could express it on his instrument in ways that was just 
unbelievable and the the motion of his playing matched what was going on in his spirit and it was such a motivator to me to go man you got to get a whole lot better with your instrument yeah. you know part create part of creativity is ideas and part of its execution and, well that's that's um, he, that's kind of where ahead. i was going with my question yeah. because i think um as i've watched you know I've, I've been leading worship for over 25 years now um as i'm watched music progress over time, I would argue that we are more creative in the church than we have been in my lifetime. Um, and part mm. of that is, I think, for mm. two reasons. Uh, one, we become more skilled as churches and creatives. Mm. Um, it's one thing to say anything is possible. It's another thing to have the ability to do something about it. You know, mm. And as churches are trying new things and taking risks, as you talk about, Grant, um, we become more skilled and have the ability to do things. And I think one of the great things about what we're seeing right now is we're able to go to places like Disney or, you know, and I, and I also think if I can interject just a little thought here, I also think there is this, there is this unfair comparison that because we are a church, we should be the most creative people around. There's only one Mozart. There's only one Walt Disney there's only one Salvador Dali, right? Like, oh, you think about all these great artists that have ever lived. What the rest of the world has tried to do is spend all of their time replicating their art. You know, when I think about the greatest songs on the radio right now, like there was only there's only one Rush, right? Like there was only one band called the Beatles. And ever, you know, all these people, they break through these boundaries and they create opportunities where people think, oh, that's possible. I've never considered that before. Mm. And then they begin to try to replicate. And then somebody comes along and pushes that boundary a little bit further. And I've seen that happen, I think, over the last 25, 30 years in the church, where what used to be possible with three chords, um, now you're looking at, I remember going through the era of these songs are too hard to sing. We need to have more simple songs. So we start having simple mm -hmm. songs with more repeatable lyrics. And then all of a sudden you get to this point where people say, these songs are too shallow. We need to have something that's more, you know, uh, lyric has more lyrical depth to it. And then you start having these really great songwriters and lyricists write these songs. And now we're kind of to the point where, well, we need to write, you know, better bridges. And the music has become a lot more complicated in the church than I've seen it in, in a long time. And so sometimes it's the, it's the era you live in, the skills that you have, and the ability you have to be able to see what is possible. And I think our job as worship leaders and creative arts leaders is to continue to foster an environment where we're showing people what is possible and then equipping them to be able to accomplish that. And that doesn't happen overnight. It's not like you can just flip a switch. But what I want to do with my teams all the time is say, look, this is possible. We can do this. Let yeah. me let me surround you with the resources and the, the, the knowledge uh, so that you can develop your skill, that you can do the same thing. And to Grant's point, sometimes we're going to fall flat on our faces, but you know, um, but sometimes we we push those boundaries out a little bit further, even if it's our in the context of our own little community. I love it. I've been doing a lot of studying and researching recently on. Uh, I've been looking into Walt Disney's life and looking into uh, also Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. Mm -hmm. And there's a there is a there's a great documentary about Lucas and Spielberg. Um, that it talks about how they kind of come across the creative process. And one of the things that I, you never really think about, but the things they were accomplishing in film when they were doing it, they were creating the possibility to make it happen as it was happening. It wasn't like, this is a thing that we can go do. Let's make it happen. They're like, I have an idea for a certain shot. That camera doesn't exist. Let's invent it and then yep. do the shot. And you're like, 
what? Like, how does your brain work to where you go? I have an idea. I need to make it a reality so I can do it. And but it's the first time anyone's ever come up with this concept. And now let's go shoot it. And then, you know, you get the movies like E.T. and uh, like stuff that's like that never those types of shots never happened in um, in film. And uh, and we see it now and go, oh, yeah, of course, it's either probably CGI or whatever. And and you look back and go, no, they were actually creating that moment. And uh, and it just kind of gives you that space to go. Like like you said, Tim, there's one of them, but they've kind of like br- they kind of break through the space and go look at the possibilities. And now, oh, look what I can do. I can walk through this wall and kind of see, and that's our that can be our job as leaders to go. Let's open up those spaces so that these our teams and the church can go. There's so much more to life and ministry around us. Grant, what do you think? You're kind of yeah. Well, there's there's all there's all sorts of art, of course. There's all sorts of different ways we can be creative. But let's just talk about songs for a moment. Yeah. Um, when someone's writing a song or recording a song or presenting a song to a group of people, I'll defend passionately the need for uh songs that are used in a in a sunday church service to be simple yes simple you've got to have them so that amateur volunteers can play them and sing them and people who don't consider them singers in our congregation can sing along yeah um so that's actually a a very very difficult form of creativity to be creative to write songs that serve that purpose I would love us to be a bit more creative with our lyrical content. It feels like there's like four metaphors used in all Christian lyrics in the last 20 years, you know, like, but, but, but that said, so that's a form of creativity. Um, but I wish there was more outlet for passionate followers of Jesus to, to write songs and record songs that aren't designed for congregational singing, but push the boundaries of what music can sound like. Um, the last time I think that happened was Johann Sebastian Bach. You know, when a follower of Jesus went, I'm going to set the bar for what art is, you know, and I'm and I'm going to do this to the glory of God. Yep. I believe there are a lot of people who actually follow Jesus who are in mainstream music, you yep. know, because the church can't handle it. It's too creative. It's too edgy. You know, I mean, I heard a new song from Paramore today, and I still believe that band's made up of followers of Jesus. I don't know. I don't follow them that much. What I heard sounds in that song is like, man, they're approaching rock pop really creatively. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, And I just, I, I don't know, I feel like within the Christian church, a lot of our young creative people are feeling like, well, I guess I've got to be a worship leader, quote, unquote. I guess I've got to write songs for the church. I guess i got to make my money from CCLI rather than, touring and i would i would just love people to be going no i feel like god's birthing in me an edgier risk more risky thing maybe i'm going to write songs about my struggle with porn addiction maybe i'm going to write songs about my my struggles with depression maybe i'm going to write songs but i'm still a follower of jesus i'm still going to point to truth but it's and i'm going to explore sounds that have never been heard before you know like tommy walker was using chords that were not common inside the church, Joe, but all those chords have been played before. Sure. You know, yeah. You know what I mean? So, no, so we've got to think of our songs as being vehicles for where we're intending them to go. But I just, I just, I don't know, I grieve this. I just feel like yeah, if you are standing firm on your faith in Jesus, then immediately there's these boundaries put on your creativity. And I just wish it wasn't quite like that. Now, we're going to have people make mistakes if we let them be that creative. But we've got to have grace to 
to support them through that, you know? So true. Oh my gosh, this is so good. I'm like, we're, I feel like we're like, we're slowly like cracking the egg to open up, open up this conversation. And there's so much inside that we, that uh, needs to be explored. And I'm just, my brain's going to future podcast conversations on how to, how to continue this conversation, because I honestly, it is, it is not just, um, it's not just like a, we need to do that. It's like, no, let's do that. Let's, let's talk about it and let's find out what the, what the path is to that and how to open up, uh, how to do that and how to, how to, how to explore those kind of things. Um, because, uh, we are like, you know, we have those abilities to create and we have those abilities to kind of explore and what is on the other side of it is a beautiful thing that we don't even know exists. Um, and so, yeah, I love this. You guys have more thoughts? Um, there's one, Joe, you'll recognize this. Uh, there was a guy that I got to know by the name of Blaine Hogan, who was also from, oh, sure. from Willow Creek. Great dude. And he wrote a, he wrote an email back then before there was actual blog, you know, uh, that would come out a newsletter. And he, uh, he wrote this article called cleaning for clarity. And, um, I remember as a young worship leader who was having to put music in binders and, you know, distribute them to my team. I would just have music, sheet music laying everywhere and binders open. And, and I remember music. looking at, What's that? Yeah, right. <laughs> what is this sheet music you speak of? <laughs> but I remember looking around my office as I'm reading Blaine's, you know, newsletter that he sent out. And, um, and I'm, I'm reading this and thinking it is really difficult to be creative when there's just chaos all around you, you know, and uh, that began kind of a, a spiritual awakening in me um, to to be a little bit more intentional with creating um, room for creativity in, in not just in my physical space, but in my mind of saying, OK, I need to just clear out and let there be silence, yeah. let there be let there be organization, if you will, so that I don't have. 500 things to think about when I'm trying to, um, you know, create this thing for the Lord and for his church. So, um, that was, that's, that's one of the things that keeps popping in my brain is that Blaine Hogan line clean for clarity. So anyway, <laughs> no, Tim, you said something that I want to, I want to piggyback on for a second. Can we talk about cr- chaos versus creativity? Because there is, um, there is a difference I think in, in opening up the world of creativity and living a life of chaos. And because as and oftentimes people get nervous about what creativity is going to come. If, I, if if we open up the door to creativity, it's going to feel like chaos while things try to, you know, fall into place. And that's not going to work. We might make it. Uh, we might have uh, mistakes and things happen. Um, what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on creativity versus chaos? How do you how do you keep on one side or the other? And how do you kind of help? What is that? What What do those two words bring up in your mind? What are you thinking? Well, I think of chaos and creativity. Um, I think of the old saying, necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. Um, whatever's happening in your environment around you, you're going to, you're going to see problems and you're going to try to solve those. Um, if you have 500 problems around you, chaos, if you got all these little fires, you got to put out, you may be able to put one out, but while it's smoldering, you're working on another one and the, you know, the one you put out, you know, reignites because you haven't been able to give it the attention that you want to. That is chaos. Uh, creativity is being able to look at all the pieces, all the Legos on the table and say, okay, what am I going to do with this right now? These are the tools that the Lord has given me. You know, uh, these are the resources I have available. How can I create a more perfect offering for the Lord based on the, the way he has resourced me? That is a completely different environment um, and a completely different intention 
of what of what you're trying to do with what you have, as opposed to just oh, I got to make sure this guy knows his stuff and this guy knows his stuff, and I got to make sure that the the slide guy operates on time, and yeah. you know, and then you're missing details because your mind is in 500 places. If you can just stop and say, okay, what does the Lord want me to do with the resources He had placed in my life? And uh, to me, to me, that's where creativity and chaos separate. That's initially what I think, anyway. Love it, Grant, Joe. You guys have, have some thoughts on, Just, on you know the thought that keeps coming to mind is you know that great book uh, always start with why, and um, you, you I think all of us could be cr really creative if we don't care about the why. You know, go all oh, this week we're going to go into church and we're all going to have buckets full of mud and we're going to throw mud everywhere on the stage and and call it creativity. Well, it could be. But I think all of us would go, but, oh, but there's <laughs> that's right. one of the, yeah, but, but there's one of the challenges of being creative <laughs> in the church. I'm going to put, my, gu I'm gonna put my guitar away before that happens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there, but, but, but we also have a desire to go, I want to be creative. I want to help people get off of autopilot. I want to worship in a new way. I want to create the, the Bach kind of moments where people go, oh, my goodness, what was that? But it keeps bringing me back to, to the phrase in Ezekiel where God says, I have concern for the honor of my name. Mm. Mm. And as worship leaders, that's kind of our job description is to go, what could we do that would, in a fresh, meaningful, loving way, give honor to his name? And that's when that's where creativity comes in, but it's not just random chaos it's creativity with a purpose to say my dream is to help move people's hearts off of autopilot move people's hearts off of their issues their problems their fears whatever and into the place where they rediscover the glory the promises the greatness the truth the grace uh, of god but to realize we help people's hearts connect more deeply like that when we can do it in a fresh way that's creative and new and that just takes nurturing it personally it creates time and space i mean it it, it requires um time and space in our lives to take a walk to slow down to watch a tv show to go to a movie to to say where and how do I create space to nurture that creativity that in turn I can turn around and say, now, how could I use that to help people connect with our gracious God on a deeper level? Yeah. yeah and, and this is such an important discussion. And uh, thank you to the listeners who are listening to this because God is a creator of all create, the creator of all creativity. Yep. And I believe that as we are more creative, we actually point people to an aspect of God's character that is not revealed when we're not creative. Amen. You know, it's it's allowing God's creativity to flow through us. And that's what we want to have happen, not to bring glory to ourselves, but to point glory to him. And, you know, creativity is contagious, I think. You know, I think about the Beatles. I don't think George Harrison, this sort of like very shy guy in the corner, would have ever written um, here comes the sun or something if he hadn't been in a band with Paul McCartney and John Lennon. Yeah. Facts. You know, we would never so he sees his creativity, you know, and he feels it and he's part of it. And so something creative births in him. Now that can happen for your team, your team at your church. Um, 
you know, I travel a lot and I do these workshops and I just want to tell a little story about drummers. All right. So I usually I'm invited to a church where they're really struggling musically. And there's basically two sorts of drummers I generally bump into. Ones who try to copy everything from the recording. You know, they've got a song, they've got a professional recording, and they try to copy that drummer. Exactly. And they invariably fail, <laughs> but they try. And then, then the other drummer is the drummer who's got his favourite three drum beats, and he plays, though, no matter what song, he plays his favourite three drum beats. And I'm trying to have some of my creativity rub off on those drummers, both of them, you know. And I, so I'll be saying to the first drummer, hey, we're not 20,000 people in front of, you know, Phil Wickham's concert crowd. We're a church of 200 people. How can you be creative to reshape what you've heard on the recording, be inspired by it, but create something that suits this room and your people? And here's a couple of suggestions. And then the drummer who's playing his favourite beats is like, let's listen to the recording. We don't need to copy what Phil Wickham's favourite, you know, professional drummer has done with a producer and editing software, you know, <laughs> and three overdubs. Um, what can you create that's within your ability but still has the same energies, the same rises and falls, the same ability to link with your bass player? Let's explore a few. And people, people who have not been very creative because they've either just played their favourite three drum beats or tried to copy exactly someone else, they start coming alive. You see it in front of me. When I'm coaching, I see it start coming alive. Oh, what about this? And you ask the team, is that working for you, for you guys? Yeah, that new drum beat that we're hearing now is working so much better. And we can tell the congregation is going to respond to that well. Fantastic. And we've been creative. Yep. And, we, and that's contagious. I love it. I love it. Uh, I worked with uh, Stan Endicott, some of you know, one of the original guys that started Maranatha Music and stuff, and Stan used to come to Willow now and then, and one of the things he would do in a rehearsal and and would be to put a song in front of us that we were going to lead and say, you may not play it the way you know it. Ooh. You may not play it the way you've heard yeah. it. Yeah. Come up with a yeah. different rhythm, come up with, with a different color line come up and you know and sometimes what we'd come up with was just stupid you know and stuff okay and we're not going to use that but it pushed us off the line of center of just playing what was on the recording yep and sometimes you came up with something you went that was sweet let's yeah. do it that way <laughs> you right. know and um but you can do things like that with your team that help uh help you just go let's play it let's play it a different way let's sing it a different way and um and just but have the take the risk to play with creativity and go we can always go back and we can always play it the way that we've done it a hundred times but yeah but let's be creative for a little bit and see what see what happens it's so good this stuff is just i love i love these kind of conversations and i love what comes mm -hmm. out of them and i love um i love this um well, as you guys... i'm sad i didn't mention my favorite george harrison song which is what <laughs> while my guitar gently whips and then and we're then all sitting around like we're eating some at the table mm. well mm. and then you want to, if you then we want to hear creativity go listen to santana's version of that Oh, I have, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. you know, and you go, hey, okay. And Clapton's talk about taking solid. something and being create creative with it. 
It's, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Hey, you guys know that I like to end the podcast with a food question. So we're going to do that real yeah. fast. Uh, and I'm going to, we're going to go, here we go. So what is something you don't like to eat that most people might find odd or something that you like to eat that may, most people would not like to eat? I'll go first while you're thinking about it. Uh, I'm a black, I'm a black licorice fan. And a lot of, a lot of people don't. Yeah. I see the nasty faces. Mm. Don't make those nasty faces. This is, <laughs> this is good. Black licorice is good. And it's, and it's cookies, the whole world, the black licorice, jelly beans, black licorice, all of it. I give it to me. Like I'm all in, I'm all in on that, on, in that world. And there's, there's usually, there's usually two camps, you know, and I'm the other thing I'm all in on is eggnog. I'm sorry. There's the eggnog world mm. where it's most people go eggnog it's either you love it or it's in the trash can and it's a waste of money so those two things are things that i love but tim you're making the nasty face so what do you what what's on your plate so i'm going to come from the opposite direction on this okay because uh, most people love like apple pie peach cobbler you may get asked to leave if you say you don't like those things i do not like cooked fruit like what? it's I will, I will eat. I love apples. I love peaches. I love bananas. I mean, but you cook them and something happens in me and I just don't like. So if you want to do like an apple pie or something like that, I'll probably let you have my slice. <laughs> wow. I have no words. I have a warm <laughs> apple pie and I, and that, I wouldn't have even put that on the list of things that yeah. somebody might not like. I oh am not God. a cooked fruit guy. I, and I don't know what it is, man. I don't am know I if have... it's when they get. When they get mushy, it's, am I, am it's a texture thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Can I be offended that you don't like apple pie? I don't know. I'm I don't so know sorry. I, I don't know how I feel right now. I don't know. Joe, what do you think? What are your What's on your list? Well, I grew up in a with grandparents that came over from Norway, where you know spices meant you use salt and pepper, and uh, and anything beyond that really was. You know that would be really creative and unheard of. So too so spicy. Spicy food for me is still is still difficult. And I think even I just never developed the aptitude for it. And if I eat spicy stuff, I'll get sick from it. Oh, and, like uh, anything. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just just doesn't my system like never learn to process it. So so I appreciate when others love spicy food, but uh but for me growing up in the the with the background I did, you know, that that uh, usually when my kids are coming over and making really creative food, they're going, dad, we're making a less spicy version for you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh no. All the fun. What about you, Grant? Well, for me, I'm going to mention two things. I really like cracked black pepper. Mm. I like it a lot. And I'll put it on, I mean, not on everything, obviously, but you know, like if you at that restaurant, there's a restaurant chains in America where, Someone comes around with a huge. Oh bread. yes, oh, yeah. like You want someone on your pasta, or you want someone on your whatever. I'm the person where he, the guy, the guy will start cracking pepper on my meal, and um, you start a conversation. He thinks I forgot to else. say stop. I haven't. I haven't forgotten to say stop. And, and he'll pause, and I look at him. It's like, why have you stopped? Oh, I'm sorry. You know, keep going. And he thinks I've forgotten again. You stopped again. I. You said it. I you said to me to tell you when I've had enough. Okay, sir. You know, like, <laughs> I'm that guy, and uh, I also have developed a taste for kombucha. Oh, mm. I've never gone down I've, that path. I've had kombucha in the past, like store bought kombucha, and I thought, no, this is not for me. But my wife Brooke started making kombucha. Yeah, and it's that live thing changed in my life. Jar. What's like, that live thing called? There's a. Uh... 
I don't know. Maybe. It's alive. It's but, alive. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It's yeah. alive. But uh, <laughs> yeah, she puts oh. fruit in it. Do you put pepper in the kombucha? Do you put pepper in your no, kombucha? No, no pepper no. in the com- kombucha. No. I just check it. <laughs> yes. Cooked fruit. A lot of cooked fruit, but no, but no pepper. That's uh, it's good to know. Oh, man, this is, I'm still. This is all creative. It's still. Tying oh it man, together. you guys are awesome. Thanks for, uh, thanks always for hanging out on this on these on these calls and just pouring into worship leaders and, uh, giving, uh, you know, opening up and just like I said earlier, cracking that egg as we start and we have these conversations and we're going to continue this conversation, on future episodes. Uh, and also, I want to I want to remind people if you haven't seen it yet, we're also starting to do worship leader Zoom tables, um, and it's an opportunity to you to hop on a Zoom call with worship leaders from anywhere. Um, so check out our Instagram at Worship Leader Podcast for upcoming uh, for those upcoming, and you're going to see more events uh, where we have these conversations in real time, uh, where you can hop on a Zoom call and actually dialogue about ministry and life. And so join us. Uh, check it out at Worship Leader Podcast on Instagram for all of that information. Um, You guys are amazing. And we will see everybody uh, next week.